yourself a glue vine. It's winter on Monocle 24 and you're listening to Winter Weekend coming to you live from Zurich. I'm Georgina Godwin and good morning Tyler Brule. Good morning Georgina Godwin. Good morning. How are you? As you said we're live at the Christmas market here at Dufostrasse 90. Uh, a lot going on uh, outside. There's a lot of activity. We are 58 minutes away from really it's almost the official kickoff season of winter really sort of the winter market weeklies. Well Christmas starts here doesn't it? <laughs> In- indeed it does. We've got um, a bit of an action-packed uh, show today. We're going to be broadcasting really across uh, across the day from here. We're at our setup uh, just uh, behind the, the retail position. Um, I think you've got coffee almost in hand. Um, I'm waiting for a mocha, uh, but we'll be running for the uh, really the, the next two days here. Uh, we have a little... Uh, five-day break and then we're back in London next weekend. Absolutely. So all sorts of things coming up on this show. Do snuggle up your winter weekend live from the Monocle Christmas Market in Zurich starts now. So it's a very warm welcome to you all. Tyler, you are a Zurich local uh, and so much going on in this town. Indeed, um, but I don't feel very local this week. Uh, I've been uh, on the road. It's The week started in started in Munich uh, on uh, on Monday and then uh, I was back here for a second, then down to Milan and then over to Paris. And then I was corresponding with you yesterday I was on the, as I was on the TGV back from Paris. Um, and thankfully, we didn't stop outside of Dijon for three or five hours, uh, like has happened a couple of times. Sometimes joint ventures don't work so well. Sometimes you think, actually, let's just, we'll leave the, the trains to be run by the Swiss. We don't need a joint venture. Let's run a Swiss train all the way to Paris. Um, and maybe we don't need uh, the involvement of SNCF um, because occasionally it goes not quite off the rails, but metaphorically anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, in fact, that being on trains and whizzing about is the subject of your of your newsletter in, in, in our in our Monocle Weekend edition today. Yes, don't, don't ask me to read it this morning. But yes, <laughs> uh, the theme of, um, of today's uh, column is, is just that time of year. I was I felt like I was in a series of meetings and it sort of started started last week. I was I was in Sudtirol last weekend, of course, just talking to people. And it's that, it's that okay, you know, where did the year go? Where did the year go? And everyone is in, of course, this mad panic and, and race. So that's the start of today's column. Um, but then it ends up, the other. this is the other season that we're in at the moment. It's the season of, can you give me a few tips for something? So my, I would say sort of my inbox sort of, you know, every other hour is, I didn't buy the monocle guide to Brussels. This is actually one from yesterday afternoon. Um, I'm in Barcelona, can't find the book. But I'm only there for an afternoon anyway, so can you give me your one restaurant tip? Which I did, of course. Um, so there's, there's a lot of people also looking for, of course, advice at this time of year. And I was going to say, Georgina, we've set up a whole books table over here for you. Um, because, of course, with Meet the Writers, um, there's going to be a lot of people. And we should probably set the, the, the scene a little bit, because you're not used to, I mean, it happens a couple of times a year, but you're not used to a live audience. No, no are it's you? very exciting. Yeah. It's, it's radio, but with makeup on. <laughs> it is. It, it, and this is what's great. So we have a, a cozy setup. So if you are um, in Zurich, en route to Zurich, uh, certainly in the surrounding cantons, uh, come by, because we've set up a great books table. Table and uh, 
I'm hoping that Georgina can speak confidently about 50 to 60 percent of what is on this sort of wonderful uh, visual, uh, visually merchandise setup uh, across the way. Uh, and then we've got some nice, nice tables, and uh, and so you can come and listen and have a browse and a read and, and buy a book and maybe get your advice on the top five titles to buy this season. Absolutely, and there is there is a huge amount of choice, a lot of wonderful stuff, but not just within this room, because let's just describe what's, what will be going on outside here. Yeah, this is the, this is the, the third installment, and it's interesting because uh, David, who is uh, looking after uh, the sound and dials and everything uh, with us today, he remembers this space uh, three years ago when it was uh, was re- actually two years ago. In fact, it was this is our third edition. Two years ago, when this was just an empty shell, it was concrete floors, uh, it was white walls, uh, and it was just one massive open space. And, uh, and we did a very very cozy. I think we started with a Friday morning. I think we did a, we did a globalist um, out of here, and it was our first like mini mini. Christmas market, uh, and it's grown in size. So we, uh, of course, uh, we did one last year, and uh, and that was fantastic. We've managed to bring in even more brands. We've had people come over from London. Uh, we've got uh, the much-loved Linda uh, is here, who's made the, the journey uh, over the Alps uh, from, from Sudtirol, so she'll have all of her fans. But we have, you know, brands like Emion, who... Um, They've got a wonderful uh, activewear brand, which they do uh, out of Lausanne. Uh, they're here. We can be talking a little bit about maybe Lausanne later today because being in Switzerland, Lausanne uh, picked up the prize as our number one livable city in a smaller, cozier scale. So uh, that's a, a ranking that we can maybe uh, discuss a little bit uh, over uh, over the weekend uh, a, as well. And then we have, we've got, um, we've got the Workers' Club from London. Uh, they're here. We have, uh, of course, um, our, our own lineup, our friends from Trunk are there. Georgina, we're going to have to have a bull shot later. Do you know what a bull shot is? I don't know. It sounds a bit rude. <laughs> <laughs> it could be rude if you have a few of them. Uh, a bull shot is, uh, it's, so it's hot bouillon with a, a splash of Tabasco and then a shot of vodka in it. Oh, sounds fabulous. <laughs> How soon can we have that? I, I was going to say, I was going to say uh, probably after three. <laughs> so uh, anyway, and then there's, there's an array of, uh, of, of various uh, delights, uh, culinary uh, and of the, the beverage variety as well today. Fantastic. Well, we'll be discussing uh, Swiss hospitality and all that food a little bit later on in the programme. Uh, uh, but first, it's been quite a week in the news. So we've got plenty more coming up. And in a moment, uh, we're going to hear from Jessica Bridger, who will be bringing us the latest from the newspapers. And we're coming back. Jessica is here. Jessica Bridger, who is uh, actually based in, you're based, are you based in Switzerland? Partially in Switzerland. Partially in Switzerland and partially in Berlin. And um, this time of the year, I'm most often in Switzerland because it really has that feeling of Christmas cheer and it's the beginning of the ski season. And right now, you know, we're really ramping up to Christmas. And so today I've come to share some festive weekend stories. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Because, of course, uh, the newspapers could be an area of grim and dismal news, as indeed they often are. But I think, Tyler, today, when we're looking through the papers, we don't really want the uh, the awful stories. It's Christmas and it's our Christmas market. 
pocket. It is. It's still November thirtieth, so you know maybe we're sort of outside the barrier. But um, no, of course, it's uh, we. You know, I think we have to sort of balance, uh, of course, the reality of what's going on in the world. Hopefully, um, then Jessica's also sort of found um, some more sort of lively and uh, and buoyant stories as well. And I think that's the great thing, Jessica, in Switzerland, is that there's always. Um, I always say there's these sort of these these first world problem stories um, of of Switzerland, uh, where you think nowhere else. And this maybe should be a regular column. It could be a regular radio spot um, of these things which sort of blow up to be sort of a bit of a national crisis here. You think, oh my God, this this looks like pure luxury in other, in other parts um, of the world. So uh, I think that's always, you know, whether you're looking at the NZZ or the Tagesanzeige or whatever the outlets are, uh, there's always uh, there's always some corkers in there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, should we start with the NZZ? Yeah. So starting with the NZZ, this morning um, they're reporting that Switzerland Tourism has appointed Brigitte Gaydent as the new president of Switzerland Tourism, and she's the first woman and a former national councilwoman. And this is coming in a year where it has been going incredibly well for tourism in Switzerland. Again, we're seeing record numbers of not only Swiss people traveling within Switzerland, but many people coming in from outside. You know, Switzerland was one of those places that a lot of people used to talk about it being quite boring, but now it's really recognized for the magical place that we all really know it is. Mm. What's driving that, do you think, Jess? I think there's been both better communication about what Switzerland has to offer and also that people have begun to look outside of the usual tourist spots as they become more and more overrun, as numbers have increased. And I think people have also begun to look at at travel as being something where it's less centered around one city that you might go to and more about connections between cities and landscapes. And as we know from the ease of train travel here and all those great connections, that's very easy to do. Mm, mm. Or, or not so great connections, Tyler. Well, yeah, absolutely. But it's, as long as you sort of remain within the borders uh, here, you're, you're generally, uh, you know, generally, generally fine. Um, th- there's one interesting thing out of the uh, the paper, which uh, could be sort of a, a borderline yesterday or today story, which is um, uh, it's certainly sort of appearing as above the, the Brig- uh, Brigitte Gaudian story, um, that Switzerland has now hit uh, 8,545,000. 4,527 inhabitants um, and a quarter of those, uh, which is I think also surprising uh, to a lot of people who don't know the country, who sort of think Switzerland um, is a closed place and um, is maybe not so welcoming to foreigners. A quarter of the country is uh, is for is, are, are foreigners, which is which is quite extraordinary. Yeah, including uh, Tina Turner and and Julie Andrews. <laughs> Julia, Julie Andrews and, 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 and a whole cavalcade of others. We mustn't forget Shania Twain, who having just, I, we haven't even discussed my visit to Las Vegas, Georgina, um, but we can we can do that uh, if, if one of the songs goes down today. But, and maybe actually I'm wondering, because uh, I'm just thinking it when I'm, I'm going back to the other Swiss residents, Shania Twain. So here I was, I was in Vegas, Shania Twain still in residence um, in, in Vegas. And um, maybe we can find a Shania Twain Christmas carol. She must have done an album. She, I'm sure I mean, everybody she does. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what? what a racket. I'm, I'm getting the thumbs up from the other side of the table. Um, I, I want to hear your Shania Twain story, though. Did okay, you, so <laughs> we're supposed to be in Switzerland, but we'll go to Las Vegas anyway. Um, no, so I, there was something called FIP, and FIP is the Federation of International Periodical Publishers. Um, so it is a, it's a big annual jamboree, London-based, and they hold a global conference every year which is for newspapers and magazines. And so I was out in Vegas two weeks ago um, talking about our brand and how we do things a little bit differently and, and all of those things. And my goodness, I haven't been to Vegas in a while, um, and it's going to be a while till I go back as well. <laughs> Talk about it. It's an urban planning horror story. It is. Uh, it's, ju- it's, it's just It's quite remarkable. Anyway, um, do you know who Chris Mann is? I don't. 
I mean, it's a very common name, but um, anyway, they say, oh, it's like, you know, you're at the Chris Mann Theater. This is where you're speaking. Well, Chris Mann is like some kind of magician. And so he has his, you know, because he's in residence there as well. Um, I mean, I think his name is actually Christopher Pavlopoulos or something like that. But anyway, um, he, uh, he's got this whole sort of setup and it's kind of very deeply goth. And um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it was quite something. So then you're in this kind of ghoulish setting, but then trying to talk about the optimism of media uh, and trying to show your, show your perky slides about uh, Monocle. It was all rather disconnected. Anyway, won't surprise you that I flew out of Los Angeles at 7.30 in the morning to make it to Vegas to do the speech. It was back on the plane at 2.30 back to Los Angeles. Yeah, safely. no, I'm, I'm not surprised <laughs> at all. It, 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 is a, it is a horrible no time, place. No, no time to, to fit in a, a Shania sideshow. But it's incredible, this notion of, of people who are in residence um, in Las Vegas. And there's all these billboards of people I've never heard of. I mean, Chris Mann included. And uh, yes, yeah, so you see like there's this one DJ and it's like, who is this DJ? And it's like, you know, p- appearing for two months. And like, and he's like, he's, you know, he's a Norwegian boy uh, from the far north and yeah, yeah. miss me. I mean, and it's thinking, are, you, are they really packing them out every night? And it's a huge earner for people whose stars are perhaps slightly on the wane. People go Don't say that about Gwen Stefani. Or the Gaga. <laughs> the Gaga. <laughs> uh, listen, I think we should I think actually... they're just big money. Sp- I mean, I don't even know. Star down, yeah, star in the ascent. Who knows? Yeah, um, yeah, but... But a lot of money, either way. Uh, listen, I think we should be talking about Christmas markets because not only are we here at our own Christmas market in Zurich, uh, but uh, quite a lot of uh, in the papers today, Jessica, about Christmas market development in Switzerland. Yes. Yeah, so Christmas markets in Switzerland are one of the things that people certainly travel to Switzerland and within Switzerland for. Um, but what we're really seeing is a lot of development in how sophisticated they're getting. For example, uh, one of the best dumpling places in Zurich, Tens, is present not only in markets here in Zurich, but also in the surrounding cantons. So we're seeing, you know, the evolution of getting a bratwurst and some fondue to getting much more interesting, much more international food, picking up on Tyler's point about all the immigrants. Switzerland actually leads in Europe with the number of immigrants in relation to the national population, um, which is super interesting. And also another development in the Christmas markets has been the growth of pop-up structures. So that's... um, often younger architectural practices coming in and designing these incredibly complex, beautiful structures made out of wood. And a very interesting one is over on Europa LA. Um, and it's a kind of a... Uh, I went by this the other night. It's quite something. Have you, have you seen it in person yet? Yes. Yeah. We got a drink. That we got some oh, glue vine there. Okay. No, that was really impressive. I'm not sure, though. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to weigh in and say the first controversial thing of the day. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, no, you did, actually. You did about people on the descent. I mean... Gwen Stefani is going to be emailing you. I don't know if I want dim sum at a Christmas market. Actually, I do know. I don't want it. Why? Because, no, I, I, I want, I, I'm, I'm right, I'm right there at the front of the line at the Reclat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's something about eating local as well, isn't yeah, there? Yeah. I, I, it's, you know, no, listen, I, I think it's fine um, for, for food markets and festivals, but I think also you, you can't, because there's market, we're in a world of food markets and street markets all the time. So I think let's make a Christmas market, Christmas market. If you want to have, you know, if you want to have some cloves, 
on top of or integrated into your dim sum. <laughs> sprinkle of sprinkle of cinnamon. cinnamon, cinnamon. <laughs> missing some cardamom. Fine, go for it. Um, what Jess was saying about pop-ups, I think, is really interesting because it used to be a pop-up was just somebody put up a little tent or whatever. And now actually... Squatter's rights. <laughs> it's like, that's what, when can we get rid of them? <laughs> but they're beautifully architecturally designed. And yeah. these are things that are just there really for, you know, maybe a month at the most. I mean, that's, that's quite extraordinary, quite a, a development in the whole concept of pop-up. Well, I think... Jessica was, was mentioning something interesting. The Swiss are so good at this. And you, you see, because this country also just hosts so many annual events, so whether you go up to Davos for the World Economic Forum, uh, you know, whether you are down in Montreux for the Jazz Festival, there is something about this temporary construction uh, where, A, it doesn't feel very temporary. And, and of course, being Switzerland, um, they've also designed things. So you know, the worst you know, possible storm could come down the valley um, and the thing would still be standing. Mm. Um, and, and I think that's interesting. And then I think there's also just, there's been a real architectural evolution. As you said. It's not just saying, okay, we're going to have a steel structure with some white vinyl sides on it, and we're going to call that a pop-up space. But these have real architectural integrity. Mm. And they really are, they pick up on local traditions and craft. I mean, it's so easy to kind of kind of throw something together, but instead what's hap- what we're seeing is the styles really follow the materials that are available, the construction techniques, so they really become a demonstration of what's possible and what's possible in a climate where, if you keep in mind, the Christmas markets are happening, you know, it's five degrees during the day and maybe zero degrees at night, and you have to keep the people running the market comfortable, you have to invite people in. So how do you create a temporary space in a city that really can act in a difficult climate and really bring people in and make them stay. I mean, one of the reasons why I like the dim sum sometimes at the Christmas market is because once you've gone to the Christmas markets five nights in a row, how much fondue and raclette can one eat? Well, (laughs) therein lies a challenge. (laughs) And still get down the slope. Yeah. Well, let's talk about getting down the slope because um, I know you've been looking at uh, um, skiing here in Switzerland. Now, the the, uh, New York Times uh, has a piece today about how to to save money when skiing. Uh, But they're talking specifically about America. Of course, it's much cheaper to come and ski here. Yes, it is. And they also have a piece today about Steamboat Springs, which is one of these large mega resorts in the US. And I think the interesting thing is Switzerland is really a great place to ski. And it's actually more price vert. It has more value in a lot of ways than skiing in the U.S. does. It is more of these kind of authentic small places to ski with many, many kilometers of piss. So you will not want for good quality skiing. But on the other hand, it also is less expensive. The lift tickets cost half the price because you're not paying for this massive resort infrastructure owned by a mega company. You're paying something where it's much more local, where you're going to get much more contact with locals and not just with this kind of bust in feeling that you get in a lot of these mega resorts. And that goes for Austria as well. Last night I was on the way home from uh, Lech, which is we wrote about last year in our winter newspaper, which is one of the great skiing spots in Austria. And in Austria, there's really wonderful development and sophisticated hotels and offerings that give you a, a normal and kind of authentic experience, but also something which is quite sophisticated and caters to all kinds of different tastes. Are you a skier? I'm a skier. I'm a skier again. I was skiing with Jessica last year. Um, I had a 
five, six-year hiatus from skiing, maybe longer, maybe seven, uh, but happy to be um, back on the planks. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try Langlof. I'm going to try cross-country skiing um, this year as well to counter the raclette. <laughs> Tyler is a very good skier, I have to observe. Thank you. Thank you. Being raised as a Canadian. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course. Yes, of course. Uh, listen, I think that we ought to hear about swimming because you're a big swimmer, aren't you? I'm not a big swimmer. I just like the water. I mean, you know, I'm, 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 I'm dip in and out, but I've, yeah, I think I've, I've improved my swimming. Do you do it in winter? I, I, listen, you're just, you want me to invite you. <laughs> you, you. You're angling for an invite. You want to do sauna and you want to do dip. Um, Matt, Matt's was swimming, uh, was, was in the lake twice yesterday, said yesterday evening. Now that is very in and out, but it's great though. Yeah. Uh, and it is, it is a, a perfect, it's a real perfect uh, reset, which is, which is incredibly nice. Well, I think that we ought to hear all about swimming in the very cold waters here. So I am going to hand you over to Bill Lutie to find out what happened when he stripped off. Plunging myself into cold water is something I've taken to doing quite regularly. So when I heard about Zurich's winter swimmers, I knew it was something I'd need to check out. It wasn't long before I'd found them, agreed a time, and next thing I know, I'm on my way down to the lake that gives this city its name. When I agreed to do this, it was a beautifully sunny day. Now, it's really raining. I feel quite as exciting. So I just got off the tram. The weather has not improved, but I've been assured that there'll be there rain or shine. So, We'll see how it goes. Hi. Hi. That person will be tough. You're Bill, yes. right? Yes. Yeah, I sent you the email. Hi, oh. Doug. Yeah, yeah. Nice to meet you. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. I met up with Doug, Adrian and Yvonne, all regulars down here at the lake. We paid our money, signed a form that agreed that if we drowned, there wouldn't be anyone to jump in after us, and we were ready. They told me that technically, for it to be a proper cold water swim, the water temperature plus the air temperature had to be below 20. Today, the water, 9.2. The air, 10.9. This is only cool water swimming, they tell me. But it doesn't make me feel any more confident. So what's the tactic? Do you jump straight in or do you ease yourself? You simply walk in and stay. Yeah, you walk in. Well, you've never done it before. No, well, okay. not here, no. Some people think if you jump, it, it can be bad for you. So you need to sort of get used to it right. a, a bit slowly. Concentrate and on the breathing. That's okay. the only thing that matters. Okay. Breathe. As we walked towards the water, we talked <laughs> tactics, <laughs> techniques, and a little bit of science. But it felt to me like these were all just distractions from what was about to happen. We lined up and one by one took the plunge. Okay, so just walk straight in down the steps. It's easy, isn't it? <laughs> At this point, I lost the ability to speak and had to concentrate mostly on breathing and keeping afloat. And a little bit of focus on the real reason for all of this. The other good thing that's really nice about the swimming is the coffee afterwards. <laughs> soup! Yeah. I like the soup afterwards. Yeah, I don't have soup today. The first phase, this is the, the pain phase. <laughs> so when phase one's over, the pleasant phase. <laughs> the fun begins. Yeah. Okay. After a few minutes, once my body had time to adjust, 
It started to feel liberating. I could stay in here for ages, I thought. And then it got cold again. Time to get out. Can I get a coffee? A coffee? Yeah. Back in the cafe with that cup of coffee and some hot soup, it was time for a chat. That's fine. We've been in. How, we were in for about 15 minutes, do you think? Yeah, 16 minutes, I think. Why? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I think when you... I live near to the water and it's nice to stay involved with the lake for as long as you can. The wetsuit's fine, but you don't get the euphoria that you get from cold water swimming. For sure, I mean, I've been out for about 10 minutes or something and my skin is still tingling. I'm still kind of buzzing and shivering, of course. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I was expecting when I came down, but it's quite a varied amount of people. I mean, you're sat here in a suit. What do people, do you t tell people back at the office when you go back? What's the reaction when you tell people what you've done at lunchtime? Well, it's very, the reaction is quite interesting. All the people that have never done it, all say they cannot do it. And all the people that have done it, even only once, go back to it. <laughs> so, the rea yeah, the people have this, you know, nobody, nobody thinks it's possible, but once you do it, you come back to it. Because the feeling you have afterwards, it's just, you know, you feel very, very good for many, many hours after having done it. Often people will come over and they'll talk to you and say, oh, is it not cold? And I say, well, it's actually fine. And then they say, oh, you're British. As if just because you're British, you have an affinity and fondness for cold water. Yeah. Is it something about the Brits? I don't know. Well, actually, historically, a lot of the famous people like Lord Byron, Captain Webb was the first person to swim the channel. So there has been this, this kind of uh, British culture or affinity for uh, challenging yourself or having some kind of adventure involving cold water or harsh elements. What seemed like a pretty extreme activity for a weekday lunchtime turned out to be an energizing, refreshing and sociable way to spend the hour. And although it might not be for everyone, it's great to see Zurich's relationship with the lake continue throughout the year. For Monocle, shivering in Zurich, I'm Bill Lutie. A baby. <laughs> oh, a baby. What a baby. <laughs> I love that. Nothing that a, a cup of hot chocolate won't Or cure. a bull shot. Or, or a bull shot, yeah, as long as it's after three, though. <laughs> Counting the minutes. Uh, Tyler, we've reached the end of this programme, but the conversation will continue here at our Christmas market in Zurich. We'll be here all day today and on Sunday. We'll be soaking up all the fun and festivities and we'll be broadcasting live throughout birthdays. Yeah, so stay tuned to Monocle 24. Um, the weekend edition continues with me, Tyler Brulé. And me, Georgina Godwin. Thank you so much for listening.